Given the choice, yeah. William or Harry, I mean, Harry's the one who's going to be on top of the wardrobe in the chandelier. I mean, there's just something funny about Harry. So William gets, gets engaged to a commoner, because we're all commoners, I'm afraid, compared to the... Well, we are, and that, that's, that's always been the trouble with the royal family, that they're, you know, we're all common, yeah. and they should really marry, you know, European royalty. Yeah. I mean, she's very nice. But she is a commoner. She is common. She's, well, you're common. Well, I've always been common. <laughs> I know, her father's called Mike. Really? Yeah, Mike can't Middleton. Can't it Michael or something? Well, well, they they call him Mike, Mike they, Middleton. The mother's like... in a marvellous state of preservation. Oh, look isn't at, she? Look, look at, at that. that. Um, Mike Middleton, it sounds like a reporter. Mike Middleton's at the scene. He, he kind of looks, you know, OK, we're really pleased. I thought, you are, but you wait till you get... I mean, I hate to say it, and I'm, I'm not putting a downer on it, because I, I quite like the idea, and I, I, I think Willie's great. I don't think she's got the faintest idea what coming into the royal family actually means. And their statement was about three pages long, gushing how thrilled they are, and yeah. the royals, the child just gave one sentence. That's it. Well, ch- the, well they, you see, the trouble Royals is, have seen it all before. she will not be able to go out from now, because you remember when, when Diana's engagement was announced, she moved in with the Queen Mother. Queen Mother off her trolley most now. Another, another gin, dear. <laughs> and she was the one training Diana to, to be within the royal family. So I don't know who's going to be training Kate, because mm, now... Harry? No. Well, she thinks she's going to be allowed to go out and wander off when she wants. She won't go anywhere without a bodyguard. There'll be, she will not be allowed to go anywhere at all. But the thing They'll is, she knows all diary. that. She knows all that now because yeah, she's, she's not done it. Ingratiated herself. You know, in she's been family. living with him for the last oh god knows how many months. Yeah. You know, they're, they're they're renting a little croft somewhere, which is mm. very sweet. But you wait till you're in the royal family. It's a different ball game. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm quite pleased for her. But let's face it: the only person whose marriage has lasted within the royal family is uh, is Edward. There was the surprise. Every thinking, good old theatrical Edward and uh, Sophie. And then somebody said, somebody said the other day, because, I mean, Edward is fairly theatrical. I remember the It's a Royal Knockout. When, <laughs> oh, yeah, when, when he was... said to the press, you know, because he wasn't expecting the backlash, and he said to the press, so what do you think? And they went, it's all right. And he went, oh, well, thank you very much, and threw a queenie tantrum mm. and stormed off. Yeah. Because that, that was the one where he had all the royal family, with exception of Charles, dressing up and... Oh, it's an embarrassment. Yeah, Sarah Ferguson. It was the exercise Sarah Ferguson had had for a decade. Well, it was with her legs, yes, admittedly. I mean, she'd been... She was running up and down that course like there was no tomorrow. The trouble is, she... Sarah Ferguson was always a bit common and naff and jolly hockey Oh, I sticks. quite like the fact that she... What I like is the fact that she was in huge amounts of debt, went and made loads of money to pay it all back by, by selling then, herself in America. And then lost, and then it, all. lost it all again and is yes. now living with absolutely no money and spending fortunes still. Yes, but she's always been very good at sponging off other people. Hmm. People, in, in America, people love anything connected with the royal family. Oh, totally. God, they're going mad on this wall to wall. Oh, of course they would. Um, Paul Burrell will be selling himself to every network going, claiming that he knew this was going to happen. The it's a very rude word. The rubbish this 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 man comes out with is be- almost beggar's belief. But because the royal family maintain a discreet silence, they'll never correct him. All this... Mm. Rubbish about I was dying as rock. When was that, dear? When did she say that? Is that on record? No, of course it's not. It's in your bloody mind. <laughs> a man who ran a flower shop. Well, there's Butch. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I could have been royalty, you know. I'm not going there. Don't make me say it. Don't make what? me say it. Why? Who are you going to marry? No, I just Prince think I've got quite regal. Really? I love Prince Philip. I think Prince Philip. Oh, should I give love a, Philip. I think he should give a speech. Yes. <laughs> I, I, uh, when he was bog was it, off when a he lot was of in you. Papua New Guinea. Did <laughs> yes. he not ask how, how they'd not been eaten yet? <laughs> Things like that. I mean, He's marvellous. I mean, I hope he lives long enough to see the wedding. <laughs> well, it's his ninetieth birthday next year as well. He, I mean, he stood there at the cenotaph. Give him his due. He, he did it. 
Broke, of course, as anything when he married the Queen. No money whatsoever. Not a penny well, he's piece. Actually, he's, he's partly Greek, isn't he? Which, of course, I am as well. So yes, I that's what they call him, Phil the Greek. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I Are you partly him, Greek too? I have some oh, royal. unbelievable. Which part? I have royal, the bottom half. I have royal blood mm, in me. La, 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 la. Make the nasty man go away. <laughs> so, uh, so, will you be buying the souvenirs? Oh, totally. My Queen Mother commemorative 100th birthday uh, mug. Oh, I love God, it. Have you? Yeah. All I've got is, is Charles and Diana. Uh, goblets. Oh, lovely. Do you drink out of those very often? No, they're, 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 I bought them at a car boot. 25 quid for two. I thought it was quite good value. If you ever want to give a gift to me of anything. I really collect all that sort of stuff, oh, do you? I don't, but I want to. I want those challenges. Oh, right. Ones. Yeah, they're really nice because it was unusual because they, because they then separated. Yeah, so that was what I was good about that. it. I'd, I would love to come home, but I would use them. I wouldn't yeah. want to put them in a cup. No, I'd use them. them. Go away. Go oh, away. go on. No, wait, you're not having them. I'm not, I can't believe it. Well, no. Can I, can I have them when you pop your clogs? Well, I've got no intention of popping my well, clogs as you so politely put it. I just put my, my stake on them now. So when you finally shuffle off this mortal coil, I just want to know what I'm getting. Shuffle off? <laughs> Excuse me. Honestly, I think there'll be a there'll be a week of mourning. Well, there won't be people been... nipping round to well, try and rescue me. Why don't you just cut me a house key of yours, and I can just go and root through some of your stuff and get what I want? Yes, that's what worries me. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting on the cloud, going, "What's he doing? He's found them. <laughs> He's found the hidden stuff." Christo knows where to go to, like a little exercise. You on tomorrow? Yes, of course you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The trouble is, I, I do like William and, and Kate. I think he's a bit drippy, though. Out of all the members of the royal family, he, he, he's, he's more his father, whereas Harry is a bit more rebellious and a bit Prince Andrew. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, that's, yeah, that's what I think. I, I like it. It'll be interesting. But so the papers are loving it now. It's going to be everything, isn't it? Oh, this is the big romance. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you. Lovely to see you. At least he stopped wearing the velour from yesterday. We had a lot of trouble with the velour around the building. Anyway, so uh, so they, they, they have nicknames. He calls her Babykins, and she apparently calls him Big Willie, because his name's William. And uh, her sensible, down-to-earth nature and mature outlook have pegged her as an ideal royal consort. It's been eight years. It's not like... It's not like it was only a few weeks ago. Eight years. My God, that's the engagement from uh, from living hell, isn't it? But it is different, no matter what anybody will, will tell you. And they'll say, oh, it's lovely, and it is lovely. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I, I wish everybody well who gets married. I just look at how difficult it is being inside the royal family. When you think that uh, that uh, um, all the members of the royal family call the Queen the Queen, and you remember, I was telling the producer when they had the uh, Golden Jubilee, and Charles is on the stage and he said, Your Majesty, Mummy. And then the camera cut to the Queen, and she was like, she wasn't, she wasn't smiling, because there's protocol, and and you you have to do it the way that they do it. They've always done it like that. Every time Kate says, oh, "I'm just going to nip down the road, do a bit of shopping," uh, don't think so, because you're now in line for the throne. You and your hubby, so they're not going to allow you to go anywhere without bodyguards. It's life is going to be complete. I'm just going to go down and see see my parents, not without bodyguards. You're not. Uh, and where are you next week? Can we see your diary? So she will have a woman who will do her diary, and they will know where she is, and she will end up, as Christo said quite rightly, doing loads of charity work, and then they'll go, oh, she's just like Diana. No, she's not. Not like Diana at all. She's a completely different person. She's wearing the ring. I like the idea that that's gone up in value from 28 and a half grand to a quarter of a million. The, the difference is, I don't think William's seeing anybody else, whereas when... Uh, Charles and Diana got engaged, she thought it was all lovely and romantic and wonderful without realising that he was shacked up with Camilla. You know, him and Camilla had been an item for ages and ages. Everybody within the royal family knew it. When we all thought he was sneaking away to have a little tryst with Diana on the train, it was Camilla on the train. 
And Diana was blissfully unaware. Actually, to be honest with you, I think most of the country were blissfully unaware that Charles's dalliances were legendary. That, that's what they do. And if you marry into the royal family, you've only got to watch, you know, any of the programmes on the television about the big country houses. Downton Abbey, you know, if you watch uh, Gosford Park. The relationships between the above stairs and the below stairs went on all the time. It was not uncommon for below stairs to get pregnant by somebody from upstairs. And that it's, it's just a different way of doing it. They don't think there's anything peculiar about it. They just think that's quite normal. So for sort of Charles, you know, to have two children, as one said, heir and a spare. That's exactly what it was. You know, they will be expected to produce children. It goes back to Henry VIII's time. You know, they want to... What do you mean, Mac? What do you mean you can't have children? God, I'm off with the red. You know, they, they were looking for children. And Kate will be expected to produce children. And within a short space of time, I'm hoping, she's going to be pregnant. And that will keep the papers going again. Because we've had nothing for some years. And it's been a bit dismal, what with the recession and people losing their jobs and people getting fed up and then horrible stories in the papers about this, that and the other murders in London. This might actually take people's minds off it and actually, you know, make people think, oh, you know, let's, let's have, put a smile on her face, like, like the Jubilees have done. And uh, I think this will do quite well. It's certainly saved Fleet Street. I mean, they were literally running out of ideas. If they put Gillian McKeith on the front page, you knew how bloody desperate they were. You know, poor old Gillian, the attention-seeking Gillian McKeith, uh, who's, who's had another bush tucker trial. And then I missed out on coach trip. But apparently we've already got rid of David Van Day and uh, Tony Blackburn. I thought they'd only just joined. How have they gone so quickly? As soon as Cheryl and Rodney arrived... Actually, Noreen, is, that, is it Rodney Marsh again? Doesn't he do anything apart from a few little... You know, these uh, reality-type shows. What do you think about William and Kate? Well, we'll talk more about that. I don't want to bore the pants off people, you know, in a sort of Sarah Ferguson kind of way. But, uh, I mean, I think it's good news. I'm not... I'm, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a bit nonplussed. I think it's quite nice. I think now Harry will be going, oh, oh I've got to get... Oh, I'll do that later, do that later. And it, it'll be nice. Of course, now they're going to be fighting over who's going to be the makeup artist, who's going to do her hair, who's actually going to do the clothes. All of this will be thought about and dealt with by Buckingham Palace. She will have her input, but it won't be as much input as she probably thinks. And we all remember the uh, all the jokes on the television when Diana got out of the coach and they went, and here's Diana, and they... Oh, my God, the dress is creased to blazes. And it was because she'd been crammed into that small little carriage... It was really interesting. And then uh, O'Brien was reminding me the other day that apparently... uh, Who was doing it? The the coverage? Because I did the coverage for Sarah Ferguson's wedding. I did the coverage for that with Prunella Scales and Steve Jones and uh, Garth Crooks and Sue Pollard, loads of other people. We had each each presenter, there was about seven of us, had had, um, a celebrity with them. And I got Prue Scales and we were opposite Westminster Abbey. And so that was quite nice. And we had a big, big, you know, platform there. And, oh, it was wonderful. It was really good. I tell you, forget, actually, just until you think back on it, just how, how good it was at the time. Special passes, we all had to be vetted. And that, that I quite liked, actually. Dreadful fog yesterday. Do you know, strange enough, I came into town yesterday afternoon because I had to do an, uh, an interview with Ray Marr, who's in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And in town, it had cleared and it was quite nice sunshine. In fact, it was lovely. It was really nice. Chatted to Courtney downstairs and Ozzy uh, and everybody else and Gary. And I get home and it's, it's, by the time I get home, it's pitch dark again. And the mist had come in and it was really misty at home. So I came in 
misty in Twicket. You know, sort of, it's, but I love the mist. I think it's really lovely. I feel a bit Dickensian when the mist is on. Thank you, darling. It's lovely. Thank you very much indeed. That's oh, great. there you go. <laughs> Everybody was saying we must have more leisure. Now they're complaining they're unemployed. <laughs> Phil, Phil gets to the heart of the matter when discussing the 1981 recession. You are a woman, aren't you, Prince Philip says to a Kenyan dancer during a state visit. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't he the one who did the little slitty eyes thing? He comes up with all sorts of things, Philip. I mean, he is, I mean, sometimes, I th- but I think he just says it. You know, very funny little people. Little bit like me. I think, did, what did he say to somebody once? He, he said somebody, I think it was a Patel, he went, there's a lot of you here, aren't there? You know, he's, he comes up with these things and people go, it's just Prince Philip, he's very old. I mean, you wouldn't catch me saying anything like that. I mean, it's just sort of inappropriate, you know. I think so, anyway. But, uh, but very funny indeed. So, anyway, here we go with the, uh, the big hand on uh, whatever it is. Uh, quarter past five. These are the headlines. Prince William and Kate Middleton will sit down with royal advisers later to begin planning their wedding day. A date hasn't been set yet, but it will take place in London in spring or summer next year. A 75-year-old woman's been killed in a car crash in Stepney Green. Police were called to Whitehorse Lane at 20 past nine last night. And an 18-year-old student's been charged with violent disorder after a fire extinguisher was thrown at police in Westminster. Edward Woolard of Dukeswood Drive in Southampton is due in court later. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. It's Rachel. Ferrari and have your say this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. <laughs> Prince Philip's greeting to the Nigerian Secretary-General of the Commonwealth, who's dressed up in his ceremonial robes for a state dinner, and Prince Philip looks at him and goes, you look as though you're ready for bed. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, love here. Deaf, he says. Uh, if you're near there, no wonder you're deaf. Phil dishing out some sound advice to a group from the British Deaf Association, who was standing near a band. He does come up with them. And then to a 13-year-old boy who has a lifelong dream of space exploration. Philip says to him, you'll never fly, you know. You're way too fat to be an astronaut. <laughs> He's classic. He really is. I love him. I remember when they, they did a programme, and it was, it was Prince Philip, and it was because they, they could always get him on television if they talk about carriage driving. Because Philip loves the old carriage driving. He takes certain little girlies out, you know, in the old carriage. And he takes them out with him. Uh, because there's a, there's a little set of people that go out with Prince Philip. That includes some ladies that he goes out with and they have private dinners. And they've been doing it for, oh, 40, 50 years. 40, 50 years. And he was driving round and he goes from Windsor and he goes, uh, Victoria buried here out at Frogmore. And, he's sort of, and I'm thinking, stop the car. We want to go and see what it looks like inside the Royal Mausoleum. Because that's what they do. They're, they're all buried all over the place. They're either at Windsor or they're at Frogmore. And either way, it's, it just it renews interest in the royal family. You watch. People will be booking. All over America, people will be booking now. There'll be companies there sort of doing tours, and you'll hear them all round Hampton Court Palace and talking about Henry VIII, and then you'll have them down Buckingham Palace. And uh, do I want a coffee? Wait a minute. What have you done wrong? It's 20 past five in the morning. Do you want a coffee? This is... Normally, we wait till quarter two, but all, and now I've got... Do you want a coffee? I'm thinking, yeah, have you got one or something handy? Have you? Right, you, you're going to go and get a coffee. At 20 past five. This is a bit... What, what have you done wrong? You've done something wrong, haven't you? Yes, you have, midget girl. What have you done? You've done something, haven't you? Have you been invited to the royal wedding and you're not telling us? Are you a bridesmaid? They'll never see you. They'll never... They'll be going, and here come the... Nope, there's one missing. We've just got a head walking along the floor. 
<laughs> Time you put her in a puffball skirt. She'll make it herself, of course, because she's a bit like that. She's got the pattern. She's had the pattern for years. She's always hoping to be invited to a wedding where she can wear a big puffball skirt and, and, and look like part of a plant. She's quite sweet, isn't it? Got a hat as well with feathers in it. See? There you go. All girls want to go to weddings. All blokes are going, I don't think so. Getting a bit panicky. Yeah, I'll have a coffee if it's free. Are you going to charge me for this or something? Don't go anywhere near near the cupboard, Christo. I'm warning you now, OK? The only reason I'm warning you is because there's Chocolate Father Christmases in there and they're... And uh, the Chocolate Father Christmas are either Kit Kat Father Christmases or they're uh, After Eight Father Christmases. And you haven't been near the cupboard. I know, there's nothing in it. I filled it up this morning. And there's also candy canes and there's... You can have a Chocolate Father Christmas, yeah. No, you can't have two. They're, they're big. They're like... They're like big. You're not, they're not small. No, you can't have... No, you can have one. And if you take any more than that, there'll be big trouble. There could be a diplomatic incident if you take more than one. You could only have one. Because I've... Of course you're on a diet, so you can't have one anyway, can you? Ah, right. Yeah, if you're on a diet, you're not going to have chocolate. Uh, Robert in Elstree says, I feel like leaving the country until it's all over. You're going to be so royal wedding doubt by the time you get to Christmas. I love... I, I do like it. I think I'm, I'm, I'm just pleased that Fleet Street have got something to write about. We can dredge out and drag out all the royal correspondents who are so ancient now. So I'm looking forward to seeing lots of nice young people out there. Yeah, makes me feel a bit better about life, I think. Uh, Mark's out doing bailiffy things. I thought about you the other day, actually, because I, I keep reading all these. There was that, um, that bloke who was in the paper the other day who'd uh, moaned down the illegal uh, Iraqi was here and he'd moaned down this little girl and left her for dead. And I'm thinking, do you know, um, if it had been a member of my family, I don't think I could hold myself back, I'm afraid. I'm, I, I would have to be, I'm afraid, very un-PC and go round and run him over with a tank. You know, I, I just don't... I'm just, I, I, I read stories in the papers and I get so angry about how rude people are nowadays. I mean, I was, I was going into Starbucks yesterday lunchtime, and this woman, runner, a jogging, just barged past us to get in there. And, I've, and luckily, the girls... Well, I didn't say anything. I mean, I'd, And then there's a man on the train yesterday, I'm going back from here, and he's an elderly man, he's sitting there in the quiet carriage, and it's got, you know, I think they need a bigger sign, or felling that the guard to say on all the routes, if you're in the quiet carriage, do not use your mobile phone. Because that's what the sign says. It says, mobile phone, there's a big cross through it, just in case you're stupid. And this old man was using his phone. But no, being British, nobody says anything. And what I wanted to say was, Oi! This is the quiet carriage. Get off your phone. It says no phone. You want to use your phone, mate? Go in and sit in another carriage. Drive, and honestly, it really drives me to distraction. I hate it. I did do it once in a carriage. I did it about three or four weeks ago. And this girl's in, uh, chatting away in Polish. Because luckily I know Polish. And, uh, and I said to her, excuse me, no phones. Oh, Sorry. And then she put the phone down. I thought, well, that was actually quite good. I had some sort of result there. I felt a bit better about life. Uh, you know, because I think you should tell people. You don't have to be rude to them. You just have to say, excuse me, this is the quiet carriage. It's marked on the outside, quiet carriage, for people who don't want to listen to prats like you on their blooming phone. Makes, you know, and I, I, I just sometimes feel like doing criminal damage. I get really angry. If I was a guard on a train, I'd be doing this. Excuse me. Oi, get your feet off the seats. Get them off the seats now. All right? Do you do that at home? No, of course you don't. Are you sure the machine's been done? No, it hasn't been it done. Hasn't, I can I tell it's not been milk. done. You've added your own milk. milk. <laughs> don't think I want the coffee now. <laughs> I mean, if you don't mind, I'll do a pass on that one. It's nice, isn't it? Gold. You know what I mean. I know, exactly. That's why I'm not drinking it. I'd rather <laughs> leave it there. 
La, 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 la. Nasty woman. <laughs> Coming round here to frighten me. <laughs> You'll have to podcast that bit and hear it again. Do you know, it's getting ever closer to the 4th. Ever closer to the 4th of December. I'm not sure I've got the energy to go through this show. I'm always amazed when we get to one of our shows and I'm actually living for it. No, you're not coming, Christo. You're not coming. We haven't got any seats for you at all. Not seats that big, anyway. It's the Mermaid Theatre. We're not doing sort of a bucket thing on a, on a Skylab or something. And uh, so it should be nice. Well, in fact, it will be nice, actually. Anthony will be back with us. Well, we hope Anthony's back with us. And uh, what else? Oh, it'll be, it'll be glam and glittery and, you know, shimmery and it'll be wonderful. So that's down at the Mermaid Theatre. Incidentally, the International Day of Magic is coming up down there, and you can go to their website. So if you haven't been to it, just r- sort of try and familiarise yourself. If you're coming to the show on the 4th of December, either the 3 o'clock or the 7 o'clock, try and familiarise yourself with exactly where it is. Bottom of Fleet Street, turn right. Either get a bus to Fleet Street and then walk, or there's a car park right next door. There's an NCP, I think, which is... Uh, which is not very expensive over the weekend. So, um, Anne Whittacombe, in her column today, is pleading with the public, keep me in one more time. Nah, kick her out. She can't dance. You know, waste of space. And she's only doing it to line her own pockets. So that's all it is. So kick her out. Don't take any notice uh, of her. Uh, Here is uh, William. And here is Kate. And then you turn over the page in the sun. And here is William and Kate. And then the next page here is William and Kate. And here is William and Kate, and it's going to be William and Kate everywhere. There are other stories in the papers. The one that intrigued me yesterday was Howard Donald. Howard Donald was the guy from, or he is the guy from Take That. And he was the one that we mentioned the other day. Another celebrity had been to the courts to try and get a gagging order on an ex-girlfriend. Didn't work. Overturned the other day. So his affair has been exposed. And uh, Howard, 42... Uh, has been ordered to pay 30% of her legal costs, and she's selling a story. But there again, I've, I've often said that anybody who is famous, in inverted commas, and I've, I'm led to believe that Howard Donald is famous, in so much as, you know, they've done very well, take that. I don't think it's anything to do with him. I think it's, it's all really Gary Barlow. That's what I think. I don't even think it's Robbie Williams, although I did watch a bit from Children in Need and they brought on Robbie Williams and the public seemed to like him. But the last appearance I saw in X Factory looked mad as a brush, I'm afraid. So I don't know whether he's going to survive the tour or have a breakdown halfway through it. I think he must be on medication. Anyway, Howard goes to the High Court to get this girl to not tell and sell a story about their relationship. But anyway, uh, what they've actually said is, of course she can sell her story. As long as she doesn't go into lurid details about the uh, the sex side of it. And uh, they said here that she is right to uh, the freedom of expression. So that's good. She obviously wants the money, and by going out with... I mean, how stupid are you, Howard, to actually go out with somebody who, you know, doesn't have any money? You must have thought at some point in the relationship she's going to sell a story. Everybody does nowadays. That's what people do. They, they, they sell stories... And they go to the press. He thought he was being quite good by getting the gagging order, but the High Court, the senior, senior judges, have said, no, no, no. She is, um, in fact, absolutely entitled to go and sell the story. Uh, Wagner's been getting incapacity cash. Apparently, despite entertaining millions of viewers for two months, uh, Social Security chiefs have dished out checks to the 54-year-old after he injured his shoulder last year. Apparently he's been getting £91.40 a week. It's not bad, is it? God, and can't sing either. Oh, the talent of this man is absolutely never... (laughs) 
dear. Rather drink turpentine. Uh, 28 minutes to six is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. I like the idea that this uh, bloke's been going out enjoying lavish meals and then gets got the staff catch him. Now, this is not, as far as I know, the person from the other day who was it. It's obviously some scam operated by a few people who go out there. This, this particular guy uh, ran up bills all over the place, but the staff, luckily, uh, in Laranja... Uh, went, wait a minute, you're trying to leave. And they detained him. So that was good, isn't it? Of course, as usual, this particular one is uh, unemployed. So, surviving, God knows how. Um, I don't know what you do with somebody like that. So he's had a few free meals. At the end of the day, the uh, the amount of meals, if he's found guilty of this, is only is only running to about £2,100. You know, for the, for the amount of money it's going to cost to put this thing through, it's hardly worth bothering, is it, really? I mean, if, as somebody said the other day, the, these restaurants accused him of ripping people off and then they charged £9 for a bottle of water. They went, who's ripping who off? The problem is the royal wedding, uh, Margaret says. We have to put up with the two pompous bores, James Whittaker and Ingrid Seward, who think they're important. Well, she is the editor of Majesty magazine. And, uh, and James Whittaker, you know, has been around for a long, long time. Um, Graham says, maybe this time it'll be a fairy tale wedding and the couple live happily ever after. No. I'm just, judging by the track record, it's not good, is it? Sean says, read the Royal Wedding. I couldn't give a 4X. Uh, Linda says, the best bit from yesterday's announcement was Boris saying they should have a bu- budget wedding. <laughs> budget wedding. <laughs> this is going to... They're going to throw so much money at it. Mind you, at least she's got him while he's still got some hair left. That's good news, isn't it? Nicholas says, you don't think this could encourage Harry to marry Chelsea Davy? No, they're not going out at the moment. They're having one of their frequent rest periods. I like her. I, I like Kate. She seems very calm and everything else. I'm sure she's had her flirtatious moments. And, and they seem OK together. It's just being in the royal family. It's not going to be going, hello, Queenie. You know, and you, that's how you really want it to be. It's gonna, you have to learn royal protocol very quickly. Uh, Jill says, I couldn't believe coach trip. David and Tony voted off straight away. They really got them singing on the coach. It was really good. I hope the two from EastEnders go. They're moaning all the time. Yes, I'm bored with the two from EastEnders. Yeah, well, they're just... I don't know. They're just... just naff. They're just naff. I mean, I I quite like them. And I suppose at least we managed to get rid of uh, Camp Ben and, uh, and Rafe who has a girlfriend, but we're still waiting for pictures, and has got lots of businesses in London, so that's exciting. And then we've got to Bianca, otherwise known as that girl who can't string two words together, and her friend Imogen, uh, claimed to fame Big... But she was on Big Brother. They're both naff reality people, and so they were both uh, kicked out, which is good. And, but now you've got rid of David and Tony. And that would have been quite a good one, you see, because Tony won the, uh, the jungle thing. And, uh, but unfortunately, unfortunately, because of the Bucks fizz... Incident. That's why there was never going to be any love going on. Lynn says, I hope Kate isn't compared to Diana too much. As for Harry, with him in charge, William Stagnite will be special. They won't let Harry anywhere near it. It'll be, it'll be the same clubs all the time. They have a picture of William being helped out of a club. I don't think William's a great uh, drinker. I mean, I, he just doesn't look like he's a good... You know, you got a cup of tea. But apparently he's actually quite, quite funny. And I'm, I'm sure he's good. I mean, she does look good, but she has got that air of Diana. If you cut off all her hair, it's Diana, isn't it? And dyed it blonde. There, there, there seems to be a look for members of the royal family. She's got a great chest, though, hasn't she? Uh, and, and you're strangely drawn to her chest. I was, I was sort of looking at it now, and I'm sort of thinking, she's got a great chest, and she doesn't mind showing it off. Because if you remember, Diana was done up to the neck. 
It was it was almost a case of you know don't don't look. But she did have the see-through skirt in the field. Well, I mean, who knew? Who was to know? She'd be standing in a field holding a child. But her chest is just enormous, isn't it? I mean, it, I mean, it really is. The, the more we mention it, the more you'll be going, Steve. Will you stop it? I mean, they do say she has got bosoms to die for, I suppose. <laughs> she could she could be doing a wonder bra ever. But uh, William's quite sweet. I wonder what they they talk about. I think they hold hands a lot. You know, cast your mind back to when you were in love. Nope, straight into bed. Um, because they are, in fact, living together already. So it's it's not... Uh, they've been living together for some months. Up in uh, Scotland, they're in a farmhouse. So they seem to have fitted in with that one quite well. Mike says, re Rodney Marsh on another reality show. Reason is, he's not on Sky Sports. So he has to earn a crust. He's a bore, though, isn't he? I remember when he leered all over Leslie Joseph on Celebrity Come Dine With Me. Eh, dirty man, dirty man. There's a piece of the paper today. Guess who's written a prison cookbook for lags? Rose West. Convicted pervert and murderer Rose West. I was hoping she might have, uh, you know, sort of been done away with by now. So he's managed to get rid of the old man. He managed to kill himself. And uh, she's a convicted murderer. Only in prison for life. I was hoping about 50 life sentences. Uh, because what they did to the girls that they picked up uh, was almost... I can't even repeat it on a programme such as this. But I can just tell you, she is vile and disgusting and deserves to go straight to hell. Jane Moore today, talking about um, three days in and Dr Gillian McKeith has already overtaken David Guest as my favourite I'm a Severally contestant. David Guest. Oh, i tell you what I watched last night. I have to tell you because I, I watched it. Uh, if I tell you she's 75 when this was made and she's got a mouth that you cannot believe... Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers has got a film out at the moment, and what it is, it's a documentary maker who followed a year in the life of Joan Rivers. And the one thing she does do, and you'll discover if you watch this thing, but I warn you, it's not for those of a faint heart. Her stand-up act is littered with every word under the sun. Not even littered. I mean, it is just every other word is pure and utter filth. And she's seven, she talks about everything, and I mean everything. And she goes on stage and she takes no prisoners. At one point, she's doing a story about uh, about deaf people and how it must be fantastic. She said, I've always wanted a kid who was like Helen Keller. And she does a joke about Helen Keller. And, um, and some bloke in the audience starts heckling her. You're disgusting, he shouts at her. How dare you make jokes? My son's deaf. She rounds on him like there's no tomorrow. The filth that comes out of her mouth. Why don't you off, she says to him. Anyway, she goes, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's going to climb up on stage and hit her. And he's going, you're disgusting and this and that. Which, of course, is, it's a bit stupid. If you go and see Joan Rivers, that's what she does as an act. She's got this fabulous apartment. Anyway, she then turns it around and says, listen, my mother was deaf. You, don't, you can't tell me anything about deaf people. I know all about it. Blah. Anyway, the audience end up cheering her. And quite clearly, women like her. But the one thing that I didn't realise, she started on the Johnny Carson show. Johnny Carson had her when Johnny Carson was king of the chat shows. You went on Johnny Carson's show, he could make you a star overnight. Such was the power of the American chat show. And she was there, and he would he would cue into her, and she'd go into her little routine, and it worked very well for years. And he said, you're going to be a big, big star. And I think that was with NBC. Anyway, she does very, very well. Johnny Carson says to her one night, you're going to be a big, big star. Fox phone up and offer her her own chat show. So she phones Johnny Carson 
uh, being, you know, she works with him, and they've worked together for a few years, and she says to him, I've been offered my own chat show. How cool is that? He slams the phone down on her. So she dials again and goes, I've been offered, aren't you pleased? He slams the phone down. She never works for NBC ever again. He never, ever spoke to her, ever. From that moment on, the bitterness with Johnny Carson and Joan Rivers. And she said he never said a word. To the day he died, not one word. And I never worked at NBC. She said he, he almost blacklisted me. Because if you remember, Johnny Carson almost ran the network. You know, if you went on Johnny Carson's show, that made you. Because in, in America, the chat show host is king and they earn millions of dollars a year. And they have the power because they're so influential. We don't have those kind of chat shows over here, because we've got, you know, we had the Richard and Judys, and, and they, they can draw attention to things like a book club, but, you know, they're, they're not going to do anything else. But it was just interesting, the way that he never said a word. She said, the moment he then, you know, heard that I was going to get a chat show, I became a rival, and that was the time we never spoke again. But she works really hard. I mean, literally, it's 75 with her surgery and everything else and her daughter, and she goes around and she'll do crummy clubs. I mean, basement dives. And then she'll go work Vegas, she'll do everything. And all she wants, and she's got a staff of about six or seven, is she wants to work. At 75, she wants to work. She said, I've got a lifestyle. She said, I could stop working and sort of cut back on a few things. She said, but I don't want to. I like my lifestyle. And on one of them, she was offered a cruise. Now, the cruises in America like to put celebrities on. She was offered for three days on a cruise and an opportunity to sell her jewellery, $125,000. That's how much money celebrities can make. And she said, listen, uh, I don't want to do it for $125,000. Give me more money and I'll chuck in a free stand-up comedy thing as well. But it's the selling of the jewellery. I think QVC will tell you that they've sold something like was it £500 million worth of her jewellery? Because she sells this this jewellery. Any any celebrities go out there and, and sell their own products. Yes, look at... Oh, look, Sarah Ferguson. Yes, you're going to be getting loads of work from Sarah Ferguson in America, isn't she? Perhaps she can turn her life around. Waste, I suppose. But <laughs> she'll be out there. Uh, Steve, says Joe, the next ten months will be good times for bad news. A time of very little reality. Uh, what do you think of the Cheryl Baker outburst? Well, I, we do, I haven't seen it yet, but I know that she said to David Van Der, I've got nothing to say to you at all. I mean nothing to say to you, and she, she bypassed him. So I don't know what happened after that. I didn't see it. Uh, Dee says, nice about William and Kate. What if the Queen gave William the third degree? Are you sure? We've had a few mistakes before. In fact, actually, we've had a mistake with everybody in the family, haven't we? You know, nobody's managed to keep their relationship together except, except Edward. The only one out of all of them. Dee says, I think William's got his head screwed on. Glad he brought his mum into it. Absolutely. Uh, Ollie, who's en route to Euston, says, I work as crew on board an intercity train company and always tell people they shouldn't be using their phone in the quiet zone and also take their feet off the seats. There's neither affair on the passengers. Me and the husband look forward to seeing you on the 4th. Do you know, I tell you, if I was working on one of these intercity trains, I'd be getting, excuse me, there's a sign up here that says, do not use your phone. Turn it off, thicko. OK, get your feet off. Oi! Get your feet off the seat, you dirty little so-and-so. It's always workmen in the morning. They put their dirty feet up on the seat. I mean, they're stupid. Ridiculous. Steve, and uh, have you noticed Gillian McKeith has stopped being called doctor? Yes, because it's it's not a, a genuine uh, thing. And the, 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 the papers did that some time ago. I think because we, we had discovered, we had discovered at LBC that uh, it was one of these, you know, get it mail order. And that was the, that was the reason. 
and so quickly she she dropped it because not a doctor. People like to think, you know, if I've if I've got doctor, you go to Austria, everybody's a doctor. Everybody outside houses, doctor so and so, doctor Johann so doctor, doctor because they're doctors of music. All the people that used to work for the radio station out there are doctors of music. You, you, you'll have somebody, director of music, doctor. It's very funny, actually, very funny. Uh, Paul Gascoigne, according to Jane Moore, says that uh, he would happily dry out for the chance to star in a movie alongside his old chum, Vinnie Jones. Jane Moore says, but not sadly, though, it seems, for the benefit of his 14-year-old son, Reagan. Exactly. Poor, sad, pathetic Paul Gascoigne. Although not half as pathetic as Cheryl who's in the jungle at the moment, milking the relationship for all it's worth. And Jordan wants school kids to do work experience at her home so they can get a real insight into her life. As Jane Moore says, as cameras already seem to follow her every movement and dreary utterance, I think we've all had quite enough insight of, uh, for one lifetime. Thanks all the same, though, love. Exactly. She wants them to sort of... I think she's so desperate for publicity, she'll happily do anything, and she thinks work experience people can benefit from her. No, you can learn nothing from Jordan. In fact, when they did a rundown the other day of Children in Need, the, you know, the, the funniest moments, the funniest one was where she attempted to sing uh, A Whole New World! And, uh, and people suddenly realised that uh, her and Dreary Boy uh, really had no future together whatsoever, either in or out of the matrimonial home, but certainly not in the recording studio. These are the headlines. You're waking up to at quarter to six. Prince William and Kate Middleton will sit down with royal advisers later to begin planning their wedding day. A date is yet to be set, but it will take place in London in spring or summer next year. Met police are looking for a driver who left the scene after an accident in which a 75-year-old pedestrian died in East London. Officers were called to Whitehorse Lane in Stepney Green at 20 past nine last night. And a man's been charged with leaving without paying the bill at three of London's top restaurants. 27-year-old Yanis Nords was arrested last night at Laranja on St James's Street after being detained by the restaurant's staff. Check out the roads for you. Get there nice and quickly. Go.uk forward slash podcasts. And listen again. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, 6 is the time. Uh, in the papers this morning, surprise, surprise, it's William and Kate. In fact, in all the papers, it's William and Kate. So you're going to be getting a lot of that. There'll be souvenirs over in China. They'll be gearing up the plates, the books, the photographs, the badges, the, the everything, absolutely everything to do with William and Kate. And the, and the pressure is going to be absolutely immense. Absolutely immense. But it'll be interesting as, as the papers go. I can imagine them all sitting at meetings going, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness they've actually decided to, to bring a date forward. Other stories in the papers today. A girl of 14, a girl of 14, mind you, who sprayed a war memorial with obscene pink graffiti was shopped by her mother. War veterans wept when they found the drawing of a male body part with I love Luke X and Spars. The nickname led police to the teen's house. The mother later reported the girl after finding the paint can in a school bag. Ravi Dev, defending, said she was not fully aware of what the cenotaph is. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. She's 14. She's not stupid. Well, she is stupid. That's the trouble. Uh, the mother is quite disgusted. The girl comes from Dudley in the West Midlands and will be sentenced by a criminal court tomorrow. A youth court. Criminal damage. Cleaning it cost £600. The Royal British Legion's John Mellor says it's disgusting anyone, anybody would desecrate a war memorial. I'll tell you what we do. Why don't we get this girl and why don't we graffiti eyes her? 
I'm sick to death of people standing before court going, she was not fully aware of what the cenotaph is and has accepted it was a terrible, terrible, horrible mistake. I'm sorry, it's, it's, I'm not accepting excuses from, uh, from feeble briefs, I'm afraid, now. I know you have to stand there in court and come up with this garbage, but frankly, nobody's buying it at all. We're all far too intelligent. She's 14 years old, unless she's the thickest person in the class. I'm glad her mother shopped her. feel very good about that one. And also today, some readers and everybody else in all the other newspapers are being urged to uh, nail 11 riot suspects. They've got clearly identifiable pictures. It's not going to take long. I love it when the, when the papers put these pictures in because uh, they, they will find them and we will drag them into courts and the courts will be very tough on them. I see already an 18-year-old student has been charged with violent disorder. This was, this was the man. He, he turned up at the police station with his parents. One can only imagine what's going through their minds as this young man pictured on the roof uh, of Millbank by the police helicopter. And of course, you can hear them, but you don't know that they're filming you because they can film from quite a, quite a distance up. And uh, he was holding the fire extinguisher, let it off, and then threw it over the top of the building. Quite clearly a rather stupid person. But if it had landed on somebody underneath, uh, one can only imagine. It did bounce a couple of times. It's a fire extinguisher. They're made of metal. If that had landed on somebody, you'd be looking at a different charge. Whether or not, at the moment, they say charged with violent disorder, I would think it was pro- probably attempted murder. I have to wait till till that one moves a little bit uh, further in. And then there's Ronald Pemberton. Ronald Pemberton is very grumpy. And you can understand why. Because he finds a car blocking his garage. He wants to get in his garage and somebody's parked up against it. So he shunts them out of the way. He's 83. He pushed this Ford car clear with his Peugeot and he reversed out. The incident caught on CCTV, unfortunately, meant that he'd inflicted £620 worth of damage. They took him to court. Two weeks later, he did it again, pushing a silver Mazda into the road in St Paul's in Bristol. He was banned for 12 months for dangerous driving and had to pay £2,000 in fines. The magistrate said, I'm afraid, you know, you cannot take the law into your own hands and we're going to make an example of you. So that's exactly what they've, they've done. I mean, annoying though it is when you get these tow rags wrong, I completely sympathise with you. People who drive in off the street, park in people's private base and just wander off to go and do their shopping. You know, I get equally as annoyed with those people as I do who abuse the disabled badge. People who are perfectly able of walking and just get out the fake badge and stick it in there. I told you, there's a woman in Twickenham, does it with her kids all the time. She looks quite well-to-do. Can't understand why she's using a fake badge. You know, and, and, and it, it appears not to be a crime at the moment. I don't know who you're supposed to report it to. I, I just find it really, really, really annoying, I'm afraid. Uh, other stories in the papers today... Um, where is it? What did I keep that one for? Oh, there's, um, somebody's got here, Batman Fanatics can own a Batmobile. It's a replica of the, uh, motor that the Cape Crusader and Robin used in the TV series. Comes with all the important gadgets, such as, a a rocket thrust. It's going to cost you 120,000 quid if you want one. And to be honest with you, I don't actually have a spare 120,000 pounds. Strictly Dancing Hunk, uh, Artem Shivgensky has opened up about his relationship with Cara Toynton. Uh, Artem, she has relationships with everybody. She's publicity desperate, I'm afraid, Cara Toynton. She'll go out with anybody if it gets her in the papers. She'll ju- I mean, it's just, you know, she went out with Joe Swash. Then she fell... And she, I knew that th- this one was on the cards when she said, you know, you start dancing with somebody and you start a relationship. Well, I've worked with the producer for quite a while now. Never in the field of human conflict has anything ever entered my mind. Believe you me, on the odd occasion, she's tried to sort of get close to me in the lift, and I've kind of backed into the wall. 
you know, as we don't have any of that messing around, I'm afraid. You know, we keep it on a very, very professional level, but unfortunately, Cara Toynton, who is so desperate for publicity, just goes, oh, it's... Uh, wait a minute, we can write about that one in the paper. Uh, Jenny Eclair has been drafted into I'm a Celebrity just in case Gillian McKeith quits the show. Well, Felin has a heart attack, I think. She's already uh, had one, hasn't she? She's, uh, she couldn't breathe and she fainted and had to bring in oxygen. But everybody on all the websites are saying she's an actress, she's making it up. Which, of course, I mean, had crossed my mind as well. I, it had crossed my mind. Very funny indeed, just to really wind everybody up. Peter Andre and Alex Reed are going to lock horns on the television. Alex, wed to Katie Price, has bagged a deal with Living to make a documentary about his life. Uh, a documentary about his life? Well, how long's that going to run? Apparently, it's only a two-parter. It's called I'm Alex Reed. And, oh, I'm f- oh, there you go. There you go. It's a two-parter, because he's so boring. It's actually going to be made by Katie's production company. Oh, well, there you go, then. What's well, a shame, isn't it? You've got to try and... Because what does he do? Does he just sit at home wearing tracksuit bottoms? I mean, he's nice, but he's a bit dim, isn't he? He's a bit dim, poor soul. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's quite nice. And, of course, Pete's got his naff little show as well. And, uh, and I don't really know where he goes from there. I suppose perhaps that's the way forward. Perhaps that's all he can do nowadays. It's very sweet, but it's a bit false. Because um, I just anything to do with Pete, I'm afraid, is not, not the biggest thing. Uh, happy birthday today. We have a birthday, uh, which we'll do a little bit. Oh, I missed somebody's birthday the other day. I missed somebody's birthday the other day. Whose birthday? Wait a minute. I wrote it down because I remember thinking, good grief, I better, uh, I better mention that birthday. I'm terrible. And also, uh, Joe Losses, I think it's his, uh, it's his daughter, has written to me. Joe Losses' daughter. They've got a concert coming up. So, detail. I mean, he was the doyen of the big band leaders, Joe Loss. Absolutely was. And his daughter's very kindly written to me saying, you won't remember my pa. I absolutely... Oh, how old do you think I am? Well, I know I'm 39, but... Uh, and uh, Liz Waite has got a, a craft group called Twickers McKnitters, and they knit and sew to raise money for Macmillan Cancer Support. She says, so just to let you know that there are people knitting out there. That's quite nice, isn't it? I quite la- like that uh, idea. And I forgot to wish Sarah a very happy birthday for yesterday, because for some reason your uh, text got lost, uh, your, your, your mention, in the, the melee yesterday. So happy birthday, Sarah. Uh, last night she was meeting up with uh, her mum and Richard's mum in Dulwich and then going for an Indian meal. And uh, he said, I'd better take a camera. She thinks so, too. She thinks so, too. But anyway, happy birthday for yesterday. Many, many, many happies. And I hope you had a, a lovely evening. Uh, it, it's not mentioned how old you are. Because it doesn't matter, does it? Somewhere, you know, between 20 and, uh, and the end of, of, uh, of the aftermath. And so, craft sale at a friend's house in Twickenham. They raised 1,500 quid, did Liz Waite, for knitting. I was thinking, actually, I mean, that's really good, well done. I wish I could knit, but I, I cannot knit, I'm afraid. I've probably put my mind to it. I mean, there's not much I cannot do, it has to be said. I mean, I'm very lucky that I'm gifted and all that. I could probably do a yo-yo. I could, I could knit something for Christmas. Actually, we had a lady who turned up years ago at um, the Croydon show, and she'd knitted little booties for Christmas uh, to go on the Christmas tree, and she'd done them in red and green, and she'd done hundreds of them. She hadn't just done a few, she'd done hundreds, and they were really, really lovely. So that's nice. So you see, people are, people are actually doing things like that, especially for the festive season, when we've got such a parade of programmes on, uh, on LBC. Oh, guess who went out on the town last night? Funny boy Robbie Williams. He's looking, why is Robbie looking the oldest out of all the group? He's not the oldest out of all the group, is he? He just looks so ancient. And get, guess where he went? Manchester's Opera House. 
They went to see Jonathan Wilkes. Oh, there's a big surprise. Jonathan, because Jonathan was starring in the show's Pantos on Strike, hailed as an adults-only pantomime, and they went there because that's his only friend in the whole wide world, and Jonathan Wilkes milks his friendship with Robbie Williams. Jonathan Milks. Very funny. And uh, so they went there, but Robbie was with his uh, his wife, called Ada. A- I think that's how you pronounce it, isn't it? A-Y-D-A? Ada. Well, I don't know. It could be Aida? Aida. Uh, o- I think it's Ada. I'm pretty certain it is, actually. I'm pretty certain it's Ada. But anyway, so I'm sure they had a lovely night out watching Jonathan Wilkes again. Question this morning for you on the uh, the tweeting and the texting, 84850 or LBC973. Do you think a royal wedding will lift morale? Gonna make you, you started knitting already for something for the royal wedding? Woo. You know, it generally lifts our spirits. I see no reason why this one shouldn't. She is lovely. And uh, so he keeps his... Uh, you can get Maine now. You can spray Maine on. I was going to get some for James O'Brien the other day. I saw James the other day. And uh, I said, you know, for Christmas, because like, I didn't know what to buy him. And it's really difficult to know what, what to buy somebody who has so many things. And, uh, and I thought I'd buy Maine. And that'd be a good idea. And he said, well, for, I said, because, you know, just to spray on the back, because when you're on the, uh, the Titchmarsh show, you know, it'll be nice if we see... Morning, team. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to the, uh, the programme on the morning where all the papers have gone crackers for William and Kate. They absolutely love it. Front page all over, over in America. And this is an opportunity for all those... Uh, royal experts to crawl out of the woodwork and offer their six penneth, some of whom who haven't been in the business for some time, but they'll still be offering up... In fact, there's, there's even one correspondent who claims that William told him five years ago that he was going to get married at the age of 28. Yeah, and we all go, yeah, you can say anything. I mean, William phoned me. I mean, it was, I don't know, come up a year or so now. And he said, uh, all right, Steve, he talks like that. All right, mate. He goes, uh, and I go, hello, how are you doing, mate? And he goes, all right. He said, I've got this, this bird, Kate. He said, I thought we'd get married next year. At the moment, they haven't offered a date. I think they must know the date, because you have to book churches, and I'm assuming we're either going to... You think, it'll be for, you think they're going to cancel somebody? There'll be some poor little person getting married from Stoke Pogis, and they'll go, I'm terribly sorry, you're not going to be getting married that date. Why? Because it's going to be William's Day. Well, we, well, we've already written the invitations. It'll be a nightmare. Jonathan Levi's with us, being Wednesday. Good morning. Good morning and rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Let the heavens open, let the multitude sing, let seraphims and angels blow their trumpets. Amen. Um, it's so exciting. It's They've so gone exciting. crackers. They've gone crackers. And all these royal correspondents and everybody saying how wonderful it is and how close they are to him. Yeah. And what did Prince Charles say about Nicholas Witchell? That dreadful little man. <laughs> well, have you noticed that Witchell didn't get the news till much later? Yeah. It went to Tom Bradbury to do the uh, the interview. Nicholas Witchell was way down the line. Hey, don't want that man here. But I think that enthusiasm <laughs> is one way, isn't it? I don't yeah. think the royals feel so enthusiastic and friendly towards their correspondents. And well, they don't because, you see, and it all, it all happened years ago when the royal family opened themselves up and started doing interviews. Yeah. And it took away the mystery. I remember the, the Queen Mother walking around the garden, and it, trees, Your Majesty, and she was going, trees. And then the Queen was sort of pictured at the races, and I thought, no, I, I, I like the mystery of the royal family. I don't want to know about the them. mystery. Yes. I know. It's much well, that's better. that's what Hollywood does with its A-list stars, you know. It's like, that's what PR people do, it's, you know, the... the uh, at the beginning, you're promoted, and then after a while, eventually, you're protected. And yes, those yes. movie stars that just get protected... And yes. have an air of mystique about them. 
their currency soars. Yes, I mean... We, we I don't really want to know every detail No, I, No, I, I, I don't. Really. I like the whole idea that they're members of the royal family. I know that they behave differently from the rest of us, uh, but it's just going to be... All the tacky souvenirs are going to be out. Yeah. There's going to be horrible tacky souvenirs. There's going to be tea towels and bedspreads and replicas of the ring again. Oh, again, of course. Cause We've it's... already had them first time round. Yep. I think our, our goose... By, by royal appointment, were yes. uh, were selling them. I go, so, uh, which range? I think August? it came as part of the Elizabeth Duke collection, Elizabeth which Duke. is, I mean, sought after in high circles. Yes. Lot of diamondique, very fine, and we're very, very lucky to have it, or we prefer to call it cut glass. <laughs> and uh, and people will be sporting it, and also they'll be going into hairdressers, going, "I want my hair cut like Kate's." Yeah, a Kate. A Kate. Can I have a Kate? And they'll go, well, it's a little bit difficult. And they go, well, because you come from a council estate in Mansfield and <laughs> you haven't got hair like that, which is a shame. <laughs> but I, I bet you, that, I mean, everything she does now will be studded. Yes. She's very thin legs, I thought, but she's got amazing chest. Amazing chest, very fine hair. Yes. Style lovely hair. Lovely skin. Royal yes. looking. Aristocratic, fine skin. Yes. She's she's a little bit like a thin version of Nigella Lawson. She sort of looks a bit posher than him. Yes. In some ways, doesn't she? And yet she's not. By no means is she even Her father's posh called at Mike. All, really. No, she's not. She, she's a commoner. Commoner. And Mike's going to have to go around to Buckingham Palace. Yes. And, uh... <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, can you imagine your your daughter m- marries into the royal family, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you're not like anybody else. You go up and go, "Hello, well, you are. Uh, I'm I'm Beryl, and this is and you're not Elizabeth. Okay, hi Liz, and so this is my wife. This is our son. Because I don't know if, if Kate's got any brothers or sisters. I don't know. I'm not sure. I we have She does actually. We, we, we think but she I might think have a sister. a sister. Yeah. Oh well, that's all right. I, I could quite. But it, all of a sudden, the press are going to be on everybody. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it, it'll be ni- it'll be nice. Well, with any luck, the sister will go out with somebody highly unsuitable, <laughs> and then there'll be an amusing. Can you imagine combination? Can you imagine? Oh, I love it! I absolutely love it. I think it's going to be very exciting next year. It'll be very nice. Certainly we'll... sorted out next year for us. <laughs> 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 Here, although I've, I've only just uh, sorted out Monday, because I'll tell you in a moment. What's happening on uh, Monday? I must just tell you that a corrupt cop who led a double life helping his drug dealer brother has finally been jailed for 11 and a half years yesterday. Thank God for that. Good. Uh, Sergeant Salim Razak was called a criminal in police uniform. Well, you'll have enough time to uh, to ponder, won't you, spending your 11 years. His, His brother's a drug dealer and he was helping him. There's that other police officer that's in prison as well, isn't he, for roughing up that Iraqi around the back of a... Oh, yes, that was... That was a, we didn't like that one at all. Ali Desai. Ali Desai. He's in prison. He's a very nasty piece of work. It's amazing, isn't it? There's all these people here, you know, and you think, oh, prison. We must be overflowing in prisons now. Yeah. Overflowing. Uh, do you think um, William and Katie will outdo Peter and Jordan's wedding? Well, just as long as they don't get the same makeup artist, they'll be all right, I think. And of course, Peter Andre sweated throughout his uh, wedding. Well, he was caked in. He makeup. He was caked in makeup. He had more I mean, makeup on than Katie. He did actually. And also, yes. that was in his fat phase. So That's he was right. Yes. Immensely fat, sweating. Yes. And was he really very makeup, fat? Pretty fat. I thought that was just Vanessa Feltz. No, that was him, was it, as well? Yeah, well, he's yo-yoed. Oh, oh, has he? Really? I've yeah. yo-yoed. Yeah. I have yo-yoed. That's just yo-yo. <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, they do a check that Kate has got known known past males in her life. Oh, she she would be vetted. Oh, they must have checked every yes. Facebook page, every photograph, every possible sex tape that's never happened. Yes, you. yes. And they would also check to see whether or not she's she's going to be able to have children. Yeah. Because that that's what they would be looking for. I mean, the Queen would definitely want her to have children. In fact, as soon as possible. 
What, and they live in some farmhouse, do they? In, yes, because the he's actually there. doing air sea rescue, isn't he, with the REF. Oh, okay. So they're living in this 750 quid a month farmhouse and have been for a few months. Right. Which I think is quite nice. Quite and nice. yet took her to Kenya because a lot of people who work for air sea rescue go on holiday to Kenya with their chums. And then he proposed there in the bush, which in, was lovely. So there the he was. It, it was. it was in the bush and... Uh, and, and, he, and he got down on one knee and proposed. I, can just, I just think that going out to Kenya is an awful lot of money to spend on a story where they've already got the interview with him, they've got an interview with her, with him. They've, they've planned it for a while. He said he knew months ago he was going to do it. Yeah. And so they've obviously... He then has to go to the Queen, and he has to then ask the Queen's permission. He also had to go... And they obviously do it quite, quite carefully. He has to go to her family and ask permission of Mike whether he can marry the daughter. And, of course, quite clearly, they went, absolutely. You put Bucklebury on the map straight away, which is always good news. News headline, Sam Pittis. Prince William in Cambridge. This morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Lovely. Uh, Anton Deck pointed out, Steve, that Gillian McKeith was fixing her shorts as they gave her oxygen after she fainted yesterday. Well, I mean, I mean she might be acting it up. She might be acting it up. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about her to know whether she's capable of acting. I don't know. She seems fairly dislikable, really, doesn't yes, she? Yes, nobody likes her already. No, I think already really people annoying. want to pick her for the Bush Tucker trial. I know. She's been doing one after another. She's refusing good. to eat anything. Good, good. Well, so she should. Even though it's nutritionally sound, that seems to go out the window to doctor, I yeah. say, in the... In, in inverted in, in commas. In inverted commas. Gillian McKeith. No, she's not doing well. Good luck to daughter Amy, who's going for surgery at St Thomas at seven. Ooh, 40 minutes to go. Oh, God, how frightening. I was like that when I went in for my surgery. Yeah, it'll be fun. Well, I don't know what surgery she's going in for. She might be going in for... You know, she might be having a toenail cut or something like that. Might be, you know... Whereas me, I was... I know, strange enough, I never looked at the clock. I just kept thinking, they do this every day of their lives. Yeah. And so it's going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. They carted me in screaming. Anyway, this coming Monday, uh, I'm I'm not here. I'm not here Monday or Tuesday. Oh, really? I'm uh, I'm going away. I'm going on assignment. The last assignment was to Los Angeles to go and see Dame Julie Andrews, and that'll be going out as part of a Christmas special, together with what we're doing on Monday and Tuesday. What are you doing on Monday? And I'm Tuesday? being flown, big silver bird, up in sky. Um, whoosh, but only about two hours, ten minutes on a plane. Okay. So it's going to be somewhere local. But if I tell you it's freezing cold, I'm going to Oslo. And I'm going to go and choose the Christmas tree for Trafalgar Square. No. Yes. So they're flying me out to Oslo with her, unfortunately. But uh, I'm going out there. Apparently she's going to be one of Santa's little helpers. <laughs> little being the operative. Oh, she's going to look good in a little red hat, and I can't wait to do the little green. red little cheeks for her. I have warned her that the other day in Oslo it was minus 12. And so what we're doing, we're, we'll, we'll fly Monday. Big, she's in steerage. And uh, up in the sky. Then we're going to go to Oslo. We're, we're booked into a lovely hotel. I think there'll be a Christmas market. Bound to be. It's, uh, it's Oslo. And then on the Tuesday morning, it'll be an early breakfast. She, she'll be putting on her puffball skirt and probably a thin pair of gloves. Because I have said to her, I said, listen, it'll be lovely and warm over there. Just want to watch her freeze to death. <laughs> and, uh, and then we're being taken out into the forest. And, uh, and there it is. The Steve Allen Christmas tree, which I shall be cutting down and bringing back, not in my luggage, it has to be said, for Trafalgar Square. That's amazing. I know. It's, I mean, it's, it's been quite a year, actually, this year. So we've never done anything like it before. So we are picking the Christmas tree. And then every morning when I drive past, I can go, 
my tree. It's my tree. And um, we might bring back a little one, just a, you know, just a little little thing to put in the luggage or something like that. London's That's good, isn't it? Conversations, Christmas tree, and Christmas tree. Yes, Amazing. yes. I mean, it it is a gift from the people of Oslo. Yeah. Uh, for their for their war efforts. Then on the Tuesday, we have dinner with the people who pick out the Nobel Peace Prize winner. Sorry, not not dinner. We have lunch with them, and then we fly back Tuesday. Gosh. It's not bad, is That's it? It's a great trip. So I'm not here Monday and Tuesday. Oh. Okay, just so I warn you now, ladies and gentlemen, but I will be coming back frozen to death, I should imagine. But with a wonderful tree for Trafalgar yes, Square. Yes, yes. exciting. Apparently 50 to 80 feet high. Gosh. About 20 metres, I think, plus. And you've got but to I... hold the chainsaw. I'm operating it. You're operating it. Oh, I'm cutting the tree down. I mean, I'm, uh, she's standing well back. Yeah, just standing I, over I tend there, to swing them around my head a bit, you know, <laughs> and sort of start juggling with them and things like that, you know, which she's always impressed with. So that's what I'm doing on Monday and Tuesday, and then you'll hear the result on the programme. In fact, actually, on, on Tuesday, I might even phone in to whoever is doing the programme here, and then what we'll do is we're, we're going to make a special programme. It'll all go out as part of the Julie Andrews programme at Christmas as well. It'll be a bit of us going round on the tour bus that didn't go very far in Los Angeles, the Julie Andrews interview and the picking of the Christmas tree. What a treat. Not bad, is it? Lovely. All of All of that and, and alcohol, which apparently is terribly expensive in Oslo. Somebody, I said, well, I'm lucky I, I don't drink. Yeah. So that's very handy. And I didn't drink in L.A. either, so that was, that was very lucky. Very lucky. She, of course, three mm. sheets to the wind. You only have to show her a bottle and she's there. Just leave the bottle on the table, she said to this poor waiter. He was obviously... I mean, it was just embarrassing. I mean, I just sat there nibbling on, you know, on the, uh, the little free, free gifts that they give you. Peanuts and stuff like that. She but she's them all in her pockets. Exactly. Oh, she's going... I'll, I'll take them back to the room she's going... I thought, she's so mean, she won't use the minibar. She's the only person who didn't use it. Me, I emptied the minibar twice, you know. Nuts, crisps, didn't touch any alcohol, so I was, I was quite lucky on that trip. Quite lucky. Did you bring all the shampoos and conditioners back? Oh, she brings, she brings back the shower cap and the sewing kit. She's got everything. She sits on the plane with a shower cap going, what do you think? I said, well, it's for you, it's fashionable, so I'd, I'd wear it. But she, she takes everything, the dressing gown, went everything. The slippers, the she, towel. She, she, she could, if, she, if she'd got the bed out, she'd have taken it with her, but she couldn't yeah. get in her small little... Because she takes that much makeup. Right. You've never seen any like it. It was like the boots counter on the move, poor soul. But she did her best. She did her best. So that's what we're doing Monday, Tuesday, in search of the Christmas tree. Which is lovely. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, apparently, Carson groomed Joan Rivers to take the show when he retired, but she couldn't wait, so she went to Fox Network. No, she said, Tom, um, that the moment she announced to him that she'd got this uh, chat show, he never spoke to her ever again. Oh, I haven't seen that documentary about her yet. It's fantastic. Is it? She's so rude. Yeah. She's um, But for 75... Very quick-witted. Very she? quick. She, but she... Um, I've never heard anybody so rude. Yeah. It's almost a bit shocking when you hear a woman of that age talking about the things that she talks about that I can't mention on the programme, because you're not expecting it. Yeah. Well, her and Jackie Mason, a sort of old yes. man and woman, have got that sort of slightly similar yes. kind of very rude, very blue act. Oh, she's very blue. And she's got a kind of Versailles-style replica apartment yes. in New York. The apartment she? is fantastic. It's on two levels, and all the walls are this gold Rococo. Yeah. Everywhere. You've never seen that. In fact, I thought she was in a museum. Yes. Yeah. She's converted a New York posh apartment into yes, like, a business. Yes, it is. Un- it's. I mean, to be honest with you, I loved it. It's Jewish Regency all the way through, it and is, I absolutely exactly. loved it. Yeah. I went, oh, my apartment, yeah. and and because when, when she was sitting there, I thought she's in a hotel, and then somebody went, no, this is her apartment. Yeah, but she fires her agent halfway through. I'm sure, she's impossible, but I really like her. Oh, she loves work. Yeah. I mean, this woman works. 
Ray in Balham says, there's too much apathy in the world today, but then who gives a forex? Thank you. I like the old ones. They are the best. They are the best. New fat-busting underwear slims up to three inches off bottoms and thighs. British firm Peachy Pink Sundays are also said to reduce cellulite. Oh, nothing. They massage green tea, peach extract and caffeine into the skin while you're wearing them. I mean, what a what a load. You know, you, I mean, I mean, it's I like could those come round flops that apparently you wear and they exercise and your they feet. Exercise you as you walk up. No, they don't. Yeah, and your bum and everything. Listen, if you have a big bum, you're stuck with it. Okay, just get over yourself. You know, it's there is nothing you could massage cream into cellulite till the cows come out. It wouldn't make any difference. You could wear ten pairs of yes. control pants and you wouldn't look like Peter Andre is modelling a shirt in the paper today, a t-shirt that makes you look thinner. Can you put it on a fat bloke, then, and then we can see what it looks like? Don't put it on Peter Andre. That's just, we know he's just doing it for the money. He's thin anyway. That's just ridiculous. He's yeah. thin. He goes to the gym. They're trying to uh, bring men into all these cons, aren't they, now? But it's, it's, listen, sell. I remember listening to an expert saying... <laughs> They've been manipulating women for long enough. They've they turned to men. Yes, because women will go, cellulite, you know, I need to get rid of it. Like, nobody's ever worried walking behind you on the beach going, look at that cellulite. Nobody ever says that. You just you just ignore it. We've all got imperfections. I mean, I haven't, but I'm sure there's people out there listening who've got loads. You know who you are. I'm not going to point you out this morning or mention names or addresses. But Hartford's fairly popular at the moment, you know, for people who have cellulite and, and veins. You know, that's just one of those things. You can't help it. No. But massaging anything on or putting on a pair of pants isn't going to change. It's not going to change, no. Not. I wish it did, because I've, I've got... I, t- I bought a rubber band once... Oh, yeah. A big rubber band, and it said it holds your stomach in. Oh. So like a gastric band, but on the outside. It was on the outside, and it was like a giant rubber band. I mean, it was it was about I don't know a foot thick, and the idea was you pulled, and it was really quite difficult. You pull it up over your body, put it on your tummy, like a corset. It's a bit like a corset, and you put it on. Well, the next thing I had thirty-two A up here because it just it pushes, sort of pushes everything up. up. So you have a sort of muffin top. Absolutely. Above it. It was absolutely awful. I put it on, and I wore it once out, and people started looking at me strangely. And so I I took it off again. I didn't... I didn't... I don't know why I bothered buying it in the first place. I just thought, you know, there was something that would make you look a bit thinner. Mm. And with a show coming up round the corner, you know, the idea is I want to look a bit thinner. So I'm going to do a bit of running today, a bit of walking, probably a bit of pole work or something on bars, you know, do a bit of something like that. Well, when I say pole work, yeah, a bit like pole dancing. Try to hoist my, my poor body up. Steve Allen, pole dancing. Yeah. Are you going to pole really. dance in your show? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Just hold that thought, ladies and gentlemen, just for a short while, just while we move on to something else. Uh, very quickly, Steve, I wept when I heard of the uh, engagement of William and Catherine. As it's so surreal, I remember, like yesterday, the engagement of Charles and Diana. The wedding will bring the whole country together. It's just what we need. And that's uh, Logie and Islington, formerly of uh, Tony Pandy. Remember Tony Pandy yesterday? Uh, Anne says, will you be recording the Lumberjack song? No. And Mary says, why do you keep jet-setting off? I don't know. I think, I think it's my, my year. It's, it's my year. They just keep saying, I tell you what, Steve, we're going to send you, and this time it's Oslo, so we're going to make sure that you really, really get very, very cold indeed. But I'm really looking forward to it. We can't wait till Christmas. 
Reevy, 14-year-old Steve, says Sylvia spraying the war memorial. Her lawyer said she didn't know the significance of it. Rubbish. If she'd had any respect for other people's property, she wouldn't have sprayed paint in the first place. Absolutely. I don't believe for a minute she didn't know what it was. She's 14. I mean, at 14, you know what, you a, know what, what a war memorial is, don't yeah. you? My oh, five-year-old f- daughter knows about Remembrance Day. She knows what it's for. Yes. She knows why people do the minute silence. She knows all about that. Yes, I agree. Um, choosing the tree, says Michael. You must be very honoured. Listen, I'm, I'm very honoured, but at the same time, I'm going to have to go out today because I've got no jumpers. I do not possess a jumper because I've got central heating, so I don't have a jumper. But remembering on what it was like in the Arctic Circle, went to see Father Christmas, it was so cold that it was minus 30. So minus 12 is going to be... I mean, it was cold yesterday You're going to need was. more than a jumper, I think. You're you going to need sort of thin insulation. That's what you're going to need. I'm really going for a day and a half, though. I don't want to spend, like, you hundreds of pounds. You want to go to Black's or to one of those shops and kick yourself out in sort of Arctic I'm Explorer going to ridiculous. Gear. You need to... Going to Oslo. It's practically the Arctic. <laughs> it's not far off it's it, is it? It's not far off the Arctic. It is going to be... And it's going to be a biting cold. Biting cold. A jumper won't do it. You're going to have to have sort of, what, thermals and um, and... and those things you put in your pocket and get hot when they yes. connect with your skin and, oh, and the same things in your boots and not proper shoes, you need proper snow boots. I've got, <laughs> you've got, got proper snow boots. Perhaps they'll supply proper snow oh, boots. I do you know, have gloves with me. On the, on, the, um, yeah. on, the, on the saw. I'll have to wear one of those funny hats with bubbles hanging off it and stuff like and that. And then a hard hat. <laughs> so the tree doesn't fall on your head. <laughs> I think Kate Steve is a young Liz Hurley, says Neil. Oh, there is I a sub- yes, there resemblance. is a Yes, she does look like she's come out of a mould of sort of posh girls who live in Bucklebury. Yes, she does. I yeah. know Bucklebury very well because it's midway between Reading and Newbury. And uh, I used to cycle up to Bucklebury. I had friends who lived up there. Uh, Steve, great news about the wedding. Finally, something so uplifting for us all. And they look so in love. Uh, somebody else says she's got two brothers and a sister. And Stuart says, of course, Peter Andre sweated his wedding. It was fear. He knew he'd have to see Jordan with no clothes on. I think he'd already seen that, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, uh, and Jan says, I would have thought calling Amanda a midget is not dissimilar to a Prince Philip faux pas, but big love to Julia, my sister. Uh, no, she loves, she loves the attention. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, she is thinking of working this year in the grotto at Selfridges, you know, with, with a few other people. I think she takes it as a compliment. Oh, she, well, she's grateful for the mentions. Great she's grateful. I mean, I mean, based on the strength of this programme, she's got an agent, and she's getting more work now than she can really manage. She's in the next James Bond film as a Chinese midget. She is, yeah, she is. As, and she's also, she started learning the backflips and yeah. all of it. I mean, I think she could be in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Producer. I think it's going to be the next film. She's very good for that. Uh, another one here, which says, um, on your assignment is Amanda going with you. Yeah, that, that's the downside of it. You know, it was going to be a nice cup. I mean, I'd, I'd done a list of people that I was prepared to go away with and spend a day and a half in, in yeah. Oslo, and unfortunately that got thrown out the window straight away, based on base, uh, police records, I think, and they decided it was safer not to let me go with anybody apart from her. So I know what, she's going to turn up, and she's going to be looking like an overstuffed sofa when she gets to there. She's going to have a big puffer jacket on, she's going to have a hat, her hair will be sort of all braided and something like that. She'll have enormous gloves on, she won't be able to find the passport or anything. We'll have this disaster with the carousel. Last time... She, she says to me, I know where we're going, so we stand by this carousel. We're the only two there. It's the wrong carousel, so we're watching somebody else's luggage go round for 15 minutes. And I go, do you not think ours is up there with the people we're on the flight with? She's got no idea, really. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even entertaining. It's, it's quite frightening. Uh, thank you to Mike. Comments yesterday about the uh, minicab drivers. I've got a big uh, demonstration taking place today. Um, and uh, Nick Ferrari this morning, Mark Constantine. 
from Lush Cosmetics is going to be here. Plus, it's going to be William and Kate, William and Kate, William and Kate. And how do you prevent Kate from suffering the same fate as Diana? We're talking to Max Clifford, Max Clifford. Books for Christmas as well. Look at this. See, she's learning for the job. Hello. <laughs> she's learning. She's got a little tray now. Look at that. <laughs> I just leave my tip there. Yeah. It's like Manuel and Fulton The tip towers. is don't go to Oslo. The tip is don't go to Oslo. I mean, do you have any other outfits that you've maybe knitted recently? Tell do you have Steve. something warm? Tell Steve he needs more than just a jumper. He's gonna, it's going to be like the Arctic. Well, more than just a jumper. He's going to have to well, wear I'm going to put trousers gear. on. Oh, I hope so. Yes. Yes. Proper oh. boots and gear. I'm not wearing boots. Things. I'm only going for a day. Snow boots. Snow oh, boots, for goodness She's wearing sake. snow boots. I mean, do they Got make boots that ends. size for little feet like yours? They were custom made. She's the only person who put on moon boots and fell in. <laughs> <laughs> She's, it's all very tragic, I'm afraid. So, it's been William and Kate throughout the whole day today. William and Kate, William and Kate. Uh, John Warrington, tomorrow... No, today's Wednesday, isn't it? Yes. That's right. Thursday, fr- Friday, he's going to be reporting from Phoenix, oh. Arizona. He's, he's, he's off in Phoenix, Arizona, bless his heart. Sounds quite nice. I think the weather over there will be marginally better than the weather in Oslo. But just, just to actually go, I think, will be uh, really, really nice. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, very quickly here, can you give us the LBC address? OK, it's uh, LBC 97.3, Global Radio, 30 Leicester Square, London, WC2H7LA. OK, so that's LBC 97.3, Global Radio, 30 Leicester Square, London, wc 2 h 7 L. A. Had a break in the house last night. Steve, they took our dictionary and scrabble board. We're all lost for words. Thank you. It's an old one, but it's worthwhile repeating on this programme. Kate does have a brother. He's modelled for Burberry. Right. So he's obviously good-looking. So it's obviously a good-looking family, which is good news. Parents are quite good-looking, aren't they, really? Sort of, well... Yes, they are. Yes, yes. You can always... Isn't it funny? I mean, if you didn't know her, you would look at her and know she was posh. Yeah. It's like you can look at posh boys You go to posh school. They've got hair that means that they don't have the standard clipper sort of cuts. They have posh boys' hair, yeah, posh which hair, is quite interesting. Will Kate's father be paying for the wedding? As it's traditional, says Stephen Bridlington. Yeah, right. Yeah. You think that? Yeah. And the security? No. No, they won't be doing anything. I don't know how it works. I think we'll, we'll be paying for it. I would assume. I would have thought we'll be paying yes. for it. Yes. I don't mind, though. Do you mind? Do you mind at home paying for that? A royal wedding? I'd be glad to pay. Are you going to get a day off? I hope so. Wow. Well, we not get a day off. I want a plate or some sort of mug or something. A commemorative thing. Yeah, a commemorative thing. Yeah, that's, yes, I like that idea. Yes. Uh, Why does Gillian McKeith refuse to eat, Steve? Well, that that I wish I could tell. I don't know. She wouldn't eat one mealworm. She wouldn't eat any crocodile's penis. She wouldn't eat anything last night. Really? Yeah. Bears, on the other hand, amazing. Wolf did all down. That's from the Happy Mondays. He was incredible. Really brave. She, One I, that's trial the after reason another. I wouldn't go out there because I don't want to eat anything that moves. When they've lifted up the things before and there've been giant witchetty grubs, I'm, I just I think nothing on earth. He was eating live worms. He was eating everything, and she wouldn't eat one thing apart from a bit of mouldy old cheese. So I wouldn't even eat mouldy cheese with one. One meal between all of them. Yeah. Britt Eklund's disgusted with her. I'm not at all surprised. Well, she, I mean, she, I think she's actually getting the money under false pretenses. Yeah, she's just doing it for the money, isn't yes, she? Yes, well, same she as... a big fee. Same as Anne Widdicombe, who said in her column today, you know, please keep me in a little bit longer. Thank you. She's going to be wearing ugly boots out there, I can imagine. It's not ugly, Perhaps she, snow boots. Oh, snow boots. 
God, blimey, honestly. She's going to be the only one walking around in brilliant sunshine. Everybody else is in bikinis. She's wearing snow boots. <laughs> no, I'm wearing a bikini as well. Oh, right. Oh, fine. Lovely. La, 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 la. You see, you wonder why I'm scared. Paul Cooper. Morning, Paul. And all the boys down at Cousins. He says, we can fit you out. We've got loads of John's old long John's to wear. Well, you need tight Tights, that's what you tights. need. Tights. Women's you know, tights. Women's tights. All market traders wear women's tights. 90% of them. It's not that they're, they're cross-dressing. Well, some of them cross-dressing. Yeah. But, I mean, and the me- many of them, some of them wear wigs and everything. But, I mean, most of them wear them because it keeps your legs warm. You need an all-in-one body stocking. I'm only going for a day. <laughs> this is Honestly, beginning... Steve, you'll freeze to death. Well, I mean... I think you need snow boots, Ugg boots and a body stocking. I have a feeling it's going to be like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to get out there and we're going to traipse through the snow and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the Griswold family tree, only this yeah. time it's going to be the Allen Christmas tree for Trafalgar Square. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chinese Amanda with a sat-nav trying to find your way through no, the forest. No, I'm going to be going, Amanda, I mean, she'll have been drowned in a snowdrift. She'll, we'll, she'll, have, she'll All of a sudden she'll be getting the little hands sticking up through the snow. We'll have to send out some Bernard with brandy. She'll be following crumbs. She'll think she's it's handsome. And Gretel. She worked. Yeah, we have a little gingerbread house. house. We did that. We went to see Father Christmas in the Arctic Circle, and they have a little house with a lo- big log fire outside. And you go in there, and Father Christmas looked quite cold, and uh, he knows everybody because he's Father Christmas. And it was really good. And it's just pitch black, and you're looking out at Jurassic Park covered in snow for hundreds and hundreds of miles. And we were at the edge of a sapphire mine, and the cliff just dropped away. It was it was like something out of a film. It was just... And we were all drinking uh, warm apple and blackcurrant juice. Well, it sounds gorgeous. Oh, it was but wonderful. After the first five hours lost in the forest with Amanda in a few days, it will start to lose... She's taking the ball of wool. Oh, is she I just think she's just starting of... at Oslo at the hotel and then she's going to unravel it out the coach window as we're yeah. being taken. And there's a choir coming with us and everything. What do they have in, in Famous Five, the gypsies on the moor? They have patrons. They follow these gypsy signs through the forest. Yes, do you know, I didn't realise that, that. You can get these... You'll have a broken twig, and that will mean yeah. don't ah, go this way or something. Or, right. or this means... Danger if, ahead. Yes, that's right. Or, a or fork it, in the road. Yes, or, or if, if it's outside a house, it'll tell you if, if those people give money or they don't give money or yeah. things. There's all sorts of the old gypsy uh, the ways. Old gypsy she won't see that. We're knee-deep in snow. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping we leave her there. To be honest with you, because she said, can we go to a Christmas market? And I said, yeah, the trouble is, if I take you to a Christmas market, they're going to think you're an ornament. <laughs> and uh, she could find herself being hung up on a tree, which, of course, I'm recommending to everybody. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to taking her around so she can try some... Because gl- she drinks like a fish. Yeah. And so there'll be a lot of glue vine and stuff like that, the Oslo version. But it's apparently fish everywhere, pickled herring and all. Oof, can't think of anything worse. Oh, I don't like. I don't. Like I that don't like that. Really. You see, I'm sorry. I can eat scampi and fish fingers. I'll have to tell them. Very nice. At uh, you know, but I'm I'm not doing anything. Got one of pickled herring. Yes, and chicken nuggets I can do. Oh, they're okay. Yeah, chicken nuggets. Wayne are really okay. likes chicken nuggets. Yeah, but I'm not paying twenty five quid. I'm not going to no, Dubai. No, fair. But enough. I, th- I think it's just the fact that we're actually going there. Brian says, don't forget to pack your woolly and your pom pom hat on Monday. Do you know the strange thing is. I can't believe it's this Monday. I feel like I'm talking about something that's happening eight... It's this Monday in a few days' time. And uh, it's going to be lovely. Yeah. Buy a jumper, says Ian in leather. Take a bit of extra cash. Superb quality, a bit dear, but worth every penny. OK. Jay Patel in Wembley says, Can you shout timber when the tree is down? <laughs> timber! Yeah, exactly. As she's going, Steve, Steve! As it sort of bang, 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 bang into the ground. <laughs> bit like a thing. And, uh, Steve, how wonderful. Oslo and picking the tree. Lots of photos? Absolutely. Lots of photos. Although, I've had to say to her, you'll need to keep the camera somewhere warm. Don't ask. Because when you go to the Arctic Circle, they say 
that because of the mechanism in cameras and it's so cold, it can freeze the mechanism. So you've got to keep it, you know, warm. So you'll have to take something that will keep... It's, it only freezes while it's out there. You have to keep it a bit warm. So if you can think of somewhere warm, a mountain, that'll be quite... Perhaps some, some gloves or something like that if you've got, or perhaps wrap it in a scarf. We could take Kate Middleton. I mean, let's face it, she seems to have enough to keep everybody warm. 14 to 7. These <laughs> headlines, Sam Pittis. Prince William and Kate. LBC, 97.3. Morning, everybody. Twelve minutes to uh, seven. Uh, another one here, which says, uh, I've just wondered what the studio's like. Do you have windows or is it a soundproof cupboard? It says, it's a huge room with windows that look out. Herds of wildebeest striding majestically across the plains. The pyramids in the background. Do you know, I, I watched a National Geographic film the other day, Inside the Pyramids. Oh. And they went inside the Great Pyramid uh, and they put a camera in. And they sent it through this thing, which they've not been to before, because you can only get a camera in, and they've come against a door. So they drilled a hole in the door, and they put the camera through, and there's another door, the other side. Only small, only small, but they're fascinated as to what's behind it. But inside the pyramids, there's like a a network of tunnels. I love ancient tombs. It's the best ever. It's only two ninety nine. this DVD. Was it? Yeah. It's really, really good. What, what with the Joan Rivers and Inside the Great Pyramid is the most fantastic thing I've ever seen. Tombs and ancient curses and... They've got a DVD and, called Civilization, Ancient Civilizations, Machu Picchu and uh, things like that. Oh, very good. Love it. Uh, Kim Waite, happy birthday for today. And uh, Janet says, we're all coming to see you on the 4th. I've seen you twice before, so I'm looking forward to this one. New, new, new jackets for this one. New jackets for new this show. Jackets made in Thailand. Made in, they're all made in Thailand. Yeah. We, what, what we do, we buy, buy the material here in Borovitz and then we send it out to Thailand and they make it. Although they've got a bit carried away on this one, as you'll see, nearer the time. Uh, Bill and Kate mugs are on sale in the East End already, says Steve the Builder. Oh. Are you sure you're watching, I'm a step? It's Sean Ryder, not Bez. Oh, yeah, sorry. Put this way, they're all the same. They're all the same, aren't they? Uh, McKeith is apparently a vegan. Says James. Well, that's her excuse. She did consider eating the rotten uh, till she cracked it, then decided she was allergic to them. I, I, I'm not at all surprised. I wouldn't eat anything like she that. She wouldn't eat anything, and she's swatting away even the tiniest of flies. She can't cope with anything. I'm not surprised. You, who was the one who was out of this this girl group? And she went out there, and I think she might have been out with somebody from Oasis. Natalie Appleton. Mm. What a drip she turned out to be. One of the Appletons says, uh, uh, when a tree touched her. And, and she just, I mean, quite clearly, had never been out in the real world with any adults before. Nigel like Havers th- is very bad-tempered. Very He's probably taken his clothes off in the shower. He's turned on Lembertopic. Oh, is he? he? doesn't like Linford either. Oh, well, that's good. Well, I'll join him on those ones then. Will you shut up, Lembert? Is that what he said? Oh, Lembert's a shut up? pain. He really I can't is. I have a moment of peace. I just need some peace. Well, to be honest, if, if I was stuck with Lembert, I'd have held him down in a puddle by now, I'm afraid. Because a, f- a failed comedian, failed in, uh, in relationships, failed as an MP, failed as everything, I'm afraid, and just a silly, silly, silly little man. Oh, I, I, oh, I agree with you like him. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel a bit sorry for him. Why? Um, I don't know. He's in there for a fee. He's in there for more money than 99% of people listening at the moment will earn in a year. Yeah, true. And he's just going there for a few weeks, a silly little man. I've stopped feeling sorry for him. Don't, don't feel sorry for anybody who appears on the reality shows. Sarah says, no, now Gillian knows what it's like to eat her superfood diets. Jay says, we don't pay for the actual wedding, just the security and the pomp. Well, well I should imagine that's quite an armful, isn't it? The security and the pomp? The security alone... 
But we pay for the royal family, who then pay for the wedding. Yes, but the royal family actually cover their own costs. I mean, the Queen generates more income than she costs. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she is at incredibly good value. Oh, yeah. Well, I, think, I, like, I, I think she's very good. I like the Queen. The Queen's wonderful. Yes, I mean, I, I think she... For her age, she's fantastic. She must be really delighted, you know, there's another one. And she, she loves a good wedding. Well, depends on they're marrying. But um, I don't think... Do you think Sarah Ferguson will be invited to this one? <laughs> Because that'll be interesting. She doesn't seem to be invited to anything else. Uh, now, I did mention earlier on Joe Loss, and I did mention the fact that his daughter Jennifer had written to me. A bit oh, before yes. your time, Joe Loss, isn't he? A little bit. A little bit. But uh, the North West Surrey Synagogue are presenting at the new state-of-the-art multi-million pound theatre at Hampton School in Hampton on the 21st of November at 7.30, a tribute to Joe Loss, 80 years and still in the mood. And if you go onto the internet, you'll be able to find out more details on it. And... Um, Chaz Jankel, keyboard player and guitarist with Ian Jury and the Blockheads, will be making a guest appearance. And Jennifer, who's Joe's daughter, is ex-chair of the Northwest Surrey Synagogue and still plays an active role. Deputy chair of the Jewish Music Institute and uh, the Joe Loss Lectureship in Jewish Music was set up in 91 to commemorate his uh, memory by his late wife, Mildred. So good luck for that, Jennifer. I love she says, you're too young to have known my pa. I was too young to have known him, but I certainly know exactly who he is, the undisputed doyen of big band leaders. Oh, well, Mazeltov. There you go, you see? How nice is that, Jennifer? Thank you for writing to us, and good luck. So it's the North West Surrey Synagogue, Weybridge, the new state-of-the-art theatre at Hampton School, Sunday the 21st of November, a tribute to Joe Loss. It'll be worth going. Worth going. What we got? Well, we've got Wagner, the, the oh. energetic, eccentric, X-factor oddball. He's getting incapacity cash, but he's having the be- the blessing of benefits, bosses. This is all very peculiar. Because he's had operations, apparently. But they, they, they have said, because he's been examined by a doctor on the show. But he's always he's dancing supposed to a psychiatrist. Around. Yes, he does do a lot of dancing, doesn't he? Yeah. For a man who's not well. Yeah. For a man that, anyway. Uh, but he's very peculiar. I can't understand why he's still in it. There's several of them I still can't understand why there's still Publicity. In it. But it's, it's, as you say, it's like the Anne Widdicombe thing, isn't it? Mm. These sort of entertainment shows rather than talent. I, I, yes, I mean, it, I mean, interestingly enough, um, um, what's his name? was doing an interview the other day. He's, he had a, a music programme, very well connected. can't remember his name now. Used to do the word. No. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, what's his name? Anyway, he was on uh, Alan Titchmarsh's show and he was talking about his new album. And uh, he was asked by Alan Titchmarsh, um, Jules Holland, what do you think about The X Factor? He said, it's an entertainment show. Yeah. So it's got nothing to do with music. No. Absolutely nothing at all. And the, even the producer, you know, and I in agreement, none of them can sing. Very, very average. Very, very average. Not this year, but can they? There's no one. Apart from Rebecca, who we think is actually not, not bad. Not but the bad. rest of them, and yet, strangely enough, they're all making a charity single. And for that read, they'll be auto-tuned because 90% of the people in it, we know, cannot sing. Yeah. You know for a fact they cannot sing. So that's, that's why. And Katie, but Katie got a higher public vote, didn't she, than that funny Aiden But she gets coverage. She gets coverage in the newspaper. So that's, that's why. That's yeah. why it's on there. Uh, Warren and Gina says, uh... Nice to choose the most famous Christmas tree in England. And yes, Julie Andrews played the title role in the movie The Same Name, Star. Thank you for that. I know you're out there. Uh, you're right about the body band slimmer, says Ian in Bedfont. They're advertising one on a shopping channel at the moment. Do you know, I watch these shopping channels, the rubbish they come up with. None of these things work. They, d- they don't work. It's not going to make you look any different, like, I promise electrodes you. electrodes you attach to yourself while you sit eating cake mm. watching the TV. They yeah. don't work, either. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. I did watch somebody the other day. It was, I think it was on Living World or something, where they've got the fattest chef who's, who's advertising, and they've got this liquidizer, 
And it's a liquidizer, okay? You put stuff at the top and it makes soup, like all liquidizers. But this one's £449. <laughs> no, it doesn't heat it up, it just makes soup. Just and, soup. and then the, the, the presenter comes up with the biggest pile of rubbish you've ever heard. He said, of course, he said, if you were going out to a restaurant, you'd pay £5 for a bowl of tomato soup. I thought, where are you going, stupid person? They tell lies, these people. It was the biggest waste of money. And they go, oh, this is really good value. I thought... Yeah, and they go, and it's available in easy instalments. <laughs> It'll need to be. Yeah. Biggest pile of rubbish I've ever seen in my entire life. The stuff that they come up with. Fascinating. Uh, Peter says, I'm bored by the media coverage already? of the wedding already. Yes, yeah, what he says. Rejoice. But We've you got sh- months of this rejoicing to come. You have got a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, sadly, uh, he, he's not very happy about it. Oh, dear. Whereas I'm, I'm, I'm quite in favour. I, I like it. Stephen Bridlington says, will you be picking the Blue Peter tree as well? No, but I will be making an Advent crown. Oh, very nice. I like that kind of thing every year. I like that. Um, The Friends of St Clair's, it's a hospice, have got something coming up. And they're in, this is the Epping Friends group. And they've got a Christmas coffee morning coming up on the uh, 11th of December. So, St Clair's, good luck to you for that one. I hope you raise lots and lots of money. And finally and briefly... The pirate pair are back in the UK. That very peculiar couple that went sailing around the coast of Somalia on holiday, got kidnapped for a year, are back looking awful. But they stand to make ten million, I'm told. That's what Max Clifford has said. Ten million. Well, I guess they'll could turn into a film. Yes, easily. Okay. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you very much. That's Jonathan Levi. He's back with us uh, next week on the programme. Thank you to you. Mary and Crawley says, hope you have a fab time in Oslo. Will you be wearing a lumberjack jacket? Quite possibly, I should imagine. And uh, everybody's saying it'll bring the country together again. This is the uh, the Royal Wedding. Nick will talk about it after seven. First of all, it's the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Sam.